Hey there, welcome back to another episode of Karishma Connect. On this episode, I have got Asif Muglu, founder of Hikayati, which literally translates into My Stories, which is a storytelling platform, a personalized one at that for children, wherein parents can go, ask their children to choose the story they love best, shape the character the way they want, and then have an entirely digitally printed book. They could order the book and they could have a physical copy as well. Asif tells me more about that process. He tells me about why it was so important and why we need to embrace diversity in storytelling as opposed to just the standard characters. Go check out the episode. I'm sure you're going to like it. It's a really interesting story. And until the next one, stay tuned. This is Karishma and I'll be back yet again next week. Until then, ta-da. Thank you so much, Asif, for joining me on this episode of Karishma Connect. Can't wait to know more about what you do, how you do it, how you started all the way. Tell me about that journey so far. Okay, uh, so, well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Uh, I'm looking forward to the conversation. Um, Hikayati was born in 2020 in my head. Uh, 2021 for most people who know Hikayati. Um, so, yeah, so during COVID time, um, it was because a lot of uh, the time my child had started school, he was barely in, like, FS2, which is which is... There's nothing really, you know, they teach them how to draw lines. And then he had to uh, sort of have a conversation with the parent, with the teacher and um, on, on his on a laptop, which was very strange for a, for a small child. And then he had to sit across on that laptop where he was barely interested in what the teacher was saying. Uh, for about three hours a day and I thought this is this is not good and he probably is thinking what's going on in my life so at that time uh, because of COVID and all the screen time and kids couldn't go anywhere uh, I started investing a lot in in books so that's how the journey started where where I thought I could help him just with his uh, imagination, the reading, the sort of immersive, uh, not the digital experience, but the, the, you know, nah, the hard touch and feel, right? And that's how Hikati was born because what I got, um, particularly from the bookstores and online, it was more uh, Western sort of driven stories uh, stories that were not relatable at all. Um, they were more sort of stereotypical figures uh, that were the main leads. Um, and he obviously being uh, a Kashmiri kid from India uh, with a unique name. So, so he couldn't relate to these, uh, you know, Dave, John, Sarah characters. And they were typically blonde brunette beautiful features and uh, given that he's my child he didn't have the best features <laughs> so so uh, yeah so no uh, uh, with jokes aside it, there, there was there was very little that I could find that that was relatable to him um, so and I thought this, this is a big issue in, in in general so that's how I thought I could I should create something that is meaningful to the child, where he spends uh, um, time imagining things, builds his imagination, thinks out of the box. And that's how my love for sort of 
doing personalized, localized books was born. And then I sort of explored what is available in the market. I, I found out there are a lot of companies that do that in the Western world, which is produce personalized storybooks. And that's how I started it in, in UAE. And then tell me about Hekayati itself, starting it up. You you already told me about the need factor, but how difficult or how what were the challenges and opportunities along the way to actually get get it all set up and running? Uh, so first, I I, I thought Hekayati as a concept uh, would make sense to the audience that don't know what personalized books are, which is mostly the Arab world as well as the South Asian world. Um, so I primarily being based here in UAE, I thought it would make sense for us to do it first for the Arabic market and then yeah. sort of go on into sort of other regions. Yeah, because right. it's something that we've not, I mean, I heard for the first time when I heard your story, I had myself yeah. heard of something. Yeah, so exactly that. So so I started first uh, with the Arabic sort of storytelling um, storybook company, which could be personalized. So the challenges were too many. Right at the start of, for example, uh, developing stories. So I had to write a story, then translate it into Arabic. At that time, I had to find who are the best translators and what sort of Arabic would they use? Is it more academic? Is it more sort of what dialect? You know, how do they write it? Um, is it child friendly? Then on top of it, once the story was done, the illustrators. Now, if you ask an illustrator to, you know, give them a page to illustrate and tell them, okay, there should be a house here and there should be sort of the garden should be here but they will draw like a, a British cottage with the smoke coming out of the chimney. And it's completely unrelatable to our child in, in Middle East. Uh, so you also need to sort of give a brief or you know, explain it to the illustrator what our houses look like. Uh, because most of the illustrators are, are, are you know, catered to the, to the Western publications. Um, and then on top of it, then the licensing issue where, where licensing or publications for kids is completely controlled here by the government. So I had to first prove that uh, I have no hidden agenda or something. Um, and I had to submit all the whatever I had drawn or illustrated or made for their permissions. And then I was granted a publishing license uh, in, in Dubai, which is very difficult to get in the first place. And then I had to apply for a permission with the National Media Council, now Ministry of Me Media here. Uh, then on top of it, like uh, the ISBNs, etc. And then on top of it, we had to get a license for e-commerce. So, so endless, you know, endless, endless, endless challenges. But uh, we got there at the end. Were you always in this profession or is this like... Uh, so I, in my previous experience, I've worked in, um, at a nonprofit called Abu Dhabi Music and Arts Foundation. So I, I sort of had a previous experience in arts and literature and kids and what kind of sort of, um, you know, soft skills they need. So, so that's how I had a little bit of experience on that side. 
but typically no i i i sort of was uh, in charge of uh, development uh, for uh, this nonprofit and then again in charge of sort of sustainability strategy etc so not necessarily directly relevant to to children's industry it's your passion that's brought you here uh, yeah passion and i think uh, uh, more to to sort of as a, as a parent yeah. i feel i feel it's uh, it's a responsibility that someone had to take i want to emphasize there and get explore that a little further about the modern day storytelling scene you mentioned that there's a lot of influence from the west and that's that's i mean i've i've studied literature myself and i've seen that um mm. there's there's a lot of there are a lot of nuances that we won't even be aware of that would be subconsciously kind of getting ingrained into our brains when we are reading True. How do you think that needs to change, and what are some of these elements that you have noticed as part of your journey that, in order to kind of evolve modern day storytelling and kind of change the narrative, what do you think needs to be done? Uh, modern day storytelling has to be quite relevant. It has to be. It should include diversity, uh, because I think most of the children that are right now born or, or countries who have the largest sort of children population are, are in Asia, right? Um, and, and I think that needs to be included quite uh, sort of heavily. Uh, there was a survey done in, I think just recently in, in the UK, for example, where all the sort of literature for children in the UK was looked at and you could only find 5% of the main protagonists of, of the books were shown as black or Asian. So 95% were typically stereotypical Caucasian, you know, beautiful features, uh, white skin, uh, you know, brunette, blondes. Um, and that's what needs to change if they want to really attract the new sort of generation of readers. Uh, in this space. So, so that's, that has to be included. Tell me, you are somebody who has done that through their book, through the books that you work with, right? What yeah. kind of impact have you seen? Have you seen any specific impact or change that has happened with these books? Have you seen any sort of mindset change in the readers that you can share? Absolutely. I've seen it firsthand. I mean, uh, when, when, parents here see children being represented and being shown as heroes. Uh, so, so someone for someone like Abdul Aziz, whose, whose name is Abdul Aziz, and he is dark skin, curly hair, and he sees himself as the hero. The parents become so happy because they see their child in the story achieving things, being the I mean, hero, and, and then they sort of come to us and they say, this is brilliant, this is amazing. And oh, you guys are doing a phenomenal job representing everybody, bringing, bringing that inclusion. So 100%, they are that sort that, that are really celebrating who they are, what they are, what their names are, where they're coming from, uh, being happy in their own skin. So 100% for sure. And why Hikayati? Can you tell me the meaning? 
itself. So hikayati, so it's hikayati means in Arabic it means my stories. Okay. So it's directly saying it's my story. So so yeah, in short, that's that's uh, how 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 I took that name to represent us in in real terms in the Arabic world at least. And what, according to you, is one of the most important elements of storytelling? Hmm. This is a very interesting question. What are the most important elements? Uh, the most important elements I feel are um, appealing to the child, making it relevant, making it relatable for the child, and telling stories that sort of the child had, that has a bit of an educational element in it, where he learns or he or she learns something from the story. Uh, that I think is is really important because if we give literature to kids that are that is completely unrelatable, it's uh, as the same as uh, for example, you know, in if you pick up any book, you go to Boris or Kinokunia or whatever, pick a pick a storybook. First of all, there's there's a very little shelf for Arabic books. Mm. There's a whole collection uh, from Julia Donson to Ronald Dowell and other children's authors. Uh, but there's a tiny section. There are like four or five books, and they're basic, basic. There's no quality to them. Um, so that's one. Then when you open it, it, it talks about stories where the child, for example, is experiencing meadows, snow. No way. My child knows what's a desert, but he doesn't know what's, what's a meadow. I, I literally have to explain it to him what, what a meadow is or put it on YouTube, you know, like this is, this is a meadow, uh, this is snow, but he never, he never know what, how snow feels. Um, so unless and until the stories are relatable and he can sort of imagine it, he can experience being there, living it, uh, that's, that's, that's super relevant to the, to the child. That's true. You know, I was recently interviewing a translator on the show and uh, she's, she was an Arabic translator who owns her own agency, Aurora Hikma. And she told me, she said, you know, uh, if I have to write a social media caption about how it's, uh, it's, it's time to enjoy summer and then if I have to tell it to somebody in Dubai that... You know, but we've just had the summer. Yeah. We're going to be excited about it. So I can't translate the same thing and pick it up for this region. I need to adapt it. You need to kind of think there's so much beyond just what meets the eye. And truly enough, I mean, I remember back in the day because I grew up in the region myself and, you know, mm. we would not have these books. I remember Arabic books or Arabic language books or Arabic into English books used to only be available at one of those odd book fairs, uh, the Sharjah book fair that used to happen. And that's about it. Like you hardly even knew about be it Arabic authors or be it local authors, Asian authors. But now I think the conversation, thanks to platforms that we've had in the region and thanks to people like yourself who are kind of empowering that generation, these conversations are coming to fore. But do you think that it's that simple to drive change or will it take a couple of years before we actually see massive impact? Uh, no, I think it, it is happening right now. There, there are a lot of, there's a lot of stress, particularly in the GCC, 
about representation and about having our own publishers and celebrating their work. So this is happening a lot. Um, the Charger Book Fair and other book fairs, a lot of Arabic publishers come from the Levant world, which is basically Lebanon, uh, Syria, um, Jordan. And again, the physical appearances are, are different unless um, sort of it's, I don't know, built on or told in a different way. So, so the difference is still uh, in how children look in Levant to how children look in the GCC is, is quite different. For example, in Saudi, um, you know, it's completely different to how people look in Levant. So, so unless we are celebrating it and giving chance or subsidies or, you know, giving them funding or something, um, it, it is going to make direct change. And we see that change happening with the new sort of awards, with the new sort of publishing that is coming from the region, 100% that is happening. I, I also think there's so much of diversity involved within every culture by itself. I think that's what's unique to this part of uh, this part of the land, you know, in terms of storytelling. Tell me, how has e-commerce played a role in all of this? Uh, e-commerce, uh, from a generalization point of view, is doing really well. Uh, you can always purchase books on Amazon noon, but at the same time, there were huge e-commerce stores that closed down that celebrated Arabic literature, like Jamjum, or, you know, it, it just few of them just closed down because they were not making too many sales. Uh, so yeah, in a, in a way, if you want to appeal to a sort of a larger audience, you have to be present in and e-commerce or own e-commerce platforms, uh, but the most popular ones, of course. And we are trying to be there, but our problem is being personalized where every book is personalized for an individual child. It's very difficult to be on a on a on an e-commerce platform, uh, the popular ones like Noon or Amazon. So for us, it's our own e-commerce. We have our own website. Uh, the parents go there and personalize and then they can check out really easily. So e-commerce, this is how we sell our books, primarily the e-commerce on our own website. Tell me about the process, about how it starts, how the journey starts for anybody who's visiting Hekayati's website. What's the process like? Because it's personalized for every child. So what all do Correct. you Correct. So, uh, so the process is fairly easy. You go onto the website. We have about 14 stories for children. Uh, so these are from sustainability to football to space to celebrating diversity. It depends on what the child is interested in. And once they select the story, they put the child's name. They select an avatar that looks like the child, depending on the hair color, the skin color. And once they do that, then they put a nice message for the child, which comes in the sort of a dedication message. They can also put a picture of the child, which will be like a souvenir picture in the book. And then once they push preview, they can see the whole book being generated in real time. And once the book is generated in real time, they can actually read the whole book and see if the subject is relevant to the child. And once they're happy with all of it, they can order a paperback or a hard hardcover book. And it will be directly delivered to the doorstep. Wow. 
I wish I was a child now. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you. Do, do you have any, I can't say, I, but do you have any favorite stories online that you would recommend parents to explore? Uh, I got all of Hekati's stories. Why not? <laughs> Good. Maybe tell me about that. the first one actually that you came up with. Mm, the first one actually, we we started with two stories. Okay. So one was about uh, sustainability, which was close to my heart, and the other one was space mission, which is basically because UAE at that time had a big space program. Yeah. And I thought we could tap into that uh, hype and sort of this would give us a bit more leverage and people would know. Uh, and then generally, um, then we had a lot of sales on, on that particular book, uh, particularly when, when the first astronaut, uh, UAE astronaut went to space. So yeah, so we started with two books, uh, Space Mission, where the child goes to space and uh, he sort of uh, hella saves the earth from uh, a sort of asteroid that's coming to hit earth. Uh, and the second one is about sustainability where the child goes on an excursion and finds sort of a plastic and, uh, you know, whatever they throw in the sea and, and he sort of he takes action by building a drone that monitors trash coming into the sea. So it was about STEM education, and the second one was about you know adventures in space. So it, those were the first two stories. That's super interesting. And lastly, tell me, Asif, what's next for you? What are you planning to do beyond what you're doing already? Um, so quite a few things. We're, we're looking for more collaborations now. Uh, we've recently done a book with the Alain Football Club. Mm -hmm. We use their IP, the child plays for Alain Football Club, and uh, he sort of discovers teamwork and collaboration, which he has not learned before. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's very sort of selfish when he plays sports. Mm -hmm. so, so these sort of collaborations with organizations, we're looking forward to it. We are speaking to a healthcare company that want to talk about mental um, um mental aspect uh, for kids. Uh, we're in touch with another big football club to do a storybook for them. Uh, and then we also want to take physical stories and gamify them a little bit as well. Because we, th we now think that there are two sets of audience, one who prefer physical books, touch and feel, the other ones feel no, the kids are gonna be living in a changed world, so they should have digital, screens and interactive um, things by which they will learn. So we want to tap into both of these audiences, although we didn't want to at the start, but I think it has become a necessity for, for us. What do you think about AI in the whole scheme of things now? Uh, I think it's quite brilliant, to be honest. Uh, it's, it is amazing. Uh, a month of, Last Ramadan, so it's going to be a year, mm. we used Midjourney to mm. produce a book mm. uh, where we used ChatGPT to write a lot about uh, different things. And with Midjourney, which was, again, AI-generated images, we produced a storybook which we, give, which we gave away as a free book okay. for children during the month of Ramadan. So, yeah. so we, we, we 
we talked about seven kids doing seven good acts in Ramadan okay. and what they want to do and how are they doing it, how they want to plan it. Mm -hmm. And we did a planner for kids uh, to do different good deeds during the month of Ramadan. So if used in, in, in such way, I think it's brilliant. And I, and I would rely a lot being in this tech space to produce content quickly, to produce uh, content as you can define how the content should be. For example, it, it draw me a town center from like an Arabian city and you, it will give you a relevant illustration. So, so 100% for me, I think it's a, it's a blessing. Uh, but at the same time, it could be that we, we stop to exist because parents uh, could just use AI to produce different storybooks in real time. And that sort of takes us out of the, out of the equation. So, but presently, I think, I think it's brilliant if used in, in, in a really nice way. Well, I think that dilemma continues, but more power yeah. to you for sure. Thank you so much for sharing your story. It's been lovely getting to know more about the platform. And uh, I look forward to many more amazing stories from your end. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, why not? Please, uh, I look forward to now looking or hearing all these 94 episodes that you've produced. Please do. Uh, <laughs> and sort of uh, putting them in my car and the commute. Uh, and listening to different people. Um, so yeah, 100%. Thank you so much.